The following program is recorded content created by the Truth Network. It's Matt Slick Live. Matt is the founder and president of the Christian Apologetics Research Ministry, found online at CARM.org. When you have questions about Bible doctrines, turn to Matt Slick Live for answers. Taking your calls and responding to your questions at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. All right, everybody, welcome to the show. It's me, Matt Slick, and you're listening to Matt Slick Live. I hope you're all having a good day. I'm having a a good day, productive day. And uh, it's a nice Friday. Today is December 15th. Yeah, December 15th of 2023 for the podcasters and for the listeners later on and all that kind of stuff. If you want, you can give me a call, 877-207-2276. All right, making sure that's okay. I guess they can hear me in Clubhouse, just verifying. And uh, if you want to watch the show, you can do that very easily. All you have to do. Let's go to StreamYard. Excuse me, StreamYard. Man, I always mess up. All you got to do is go to uh, rumble.com forward slash Matt Slick Live. And if you're a newbie, you're not sure what the show's about, just kind of tuning in. I'm a Christian apologist. I defend the Christian faith against everything. And uh, in Fridays, we sometimes do hate mail, wacko mail. And uh, today, um, I've got some stuff I want to read. Now, uh, it turns out... It turns out, let's see, there we go. So, all right, one of the things I'm doing is uh, developing um, one-minute shorts, uh, reels, they call them. I've been doing that. Uh, I did 12 of them yesterday. I think we're releasing three or four or five of them today. I don't know. And one of the ones that I released, or that we released, I should say, um, a few days ago, was uh, a quote from uh, Ludwig Ott, O-T-T, in the book Fundamentals of Catholic Dogma, page 213. And uh, so I did this video where I quoted it and just said, look at this, you know. And the quote is this, that Mary, by her spiritual entering into the sacrifice of her divine son for men, made atonement for sin. And, uh, and stuff like that. So uh, the book has what's called the Neolobstop Neoprobotter. It's approved. Uh, in other words, it means that uh, nothing in there is, is against Roman Catholic theology. Well, Ernie told me that uh, it's blown up. It's like, how many, I didn't write it in private text there, how many views has it had? Like 12,000 in like three days or something? Uh, three or four days and so uh there's that you can put the number in, in there oh and that reminds me before i get into this i, I want to say something charlie we had him on yesterday and uh 12,000 thanks already and uh we had Char- uh, we had charlie on yesterday well today is his wedding anniversary 50 years wedding anniversary of charlie chuck spine charlie spine and his wife deborah i've known them probably 43 4 5 years i don't know and uh so 50 years, so he's not on the air today, he's not helping out, he's doing an anniversary thing. And uh, 50 years of marriage, how about that? Praise God. My wife and I are 36. Uh, we know people who are in the, been married 60 years, and that's just awesome. And uh, just kudos, praise God for uh, the marriage. And Chuck said today that uh, she's a good woman. And, um, and I said, well, how could that be? Because she picked you. She can't be that good, you know, and... We're having a good time, but uh, nevertheless, uh, praise God for that. 
All right, so I asked Ernie, because he read me some of these. He, he read me some of the responses from the Catholics. And I haven't even really looked at them. He read me a few, and they're just awesome. I said, oh, i got to read those on the air. So that's what I'm going to do is just read some. Uh, and if you want to comment or call in uh, about Catholicism or whatever you want, uh, you know, please do. In my opinion, Roman Catholicism is a non-Christian uh, religion. It denies the true gospel, promotes idolatry, and it promotes uh, a form of magic. And uh, I can get into that. I'm working on a, a short for that as well. So uh, some of the people have been seeing all kinds of things. Now, uh, that's right. Let's see. I'm going there and get them down. You keep going mine. There's screenshots. That's right. So that's right. No problem. Just keep sending them to me, Ernie, and uh, I'll check them out. Okay, so... Now, this is, these are some of the things that Catholics have said. Now, this doesn't mean that this is official, but this is just some of the things Catholics have said in response to the idea that uh, Mary made atonement for sins. That's, what's, you know, that's what the uh, you know, fundamentals of Catholic dogma teaches. It says, uh, what do you call someone who, uh, who the king of kings obeys? What do you call a person born without sin? What do you call a person whose own birth was historically miraculous and someone who is called blessed by all nations? I truly believe you are just another pseudo-Christian who thinks the Bible is about your individual interpretation, which in itself goes directly against Scripture. So in other words, uh, you know, they're saying, well, uh, who do you, you know, who's the person born without sin? And who is the one who obeys? The king of kings obeys. The king of kings obeys Mary. Because in John 2, uh, Mary said, you know, uh, you can take care of the, the wine. And he said to her, what have I got to do with you, woman? My time has not yet come. He rebuked her. She made a mistake in requiring that and asking of it. But because he uh, was under the law, and uh, so he honored his mother, and he took care of the situation, the first miracle, which is really interesting. We'll get into all the details about that. But this is just... Um, another example, and I'm going to just say this flat out. This is another example of uh, mariolatry, of idolatry that's in the Roman Catholic Church, and it's idolatry. All right, here's another one. Now, remember, these are not official things that the Catholic Church teaches, but uh, so a guy named uh, Joe uh, Mayerowitz says, uh, Mary is not God, was Mary is not God alone. Catholic Church does not say she alone is God, but God is all in one. The Holy Spirit, Father, God, Mother, Mary, Son, Jesus. So this person uh, in his heresy is uh, including Mary in the Godhead. And then he writes, uh, again, uh, God is not complete till Mother, Father, Son, and Spirit is one as the completion of a complete God. It is this family structure that complete God as one. This is why the devil, atheist, antichrist, gays, all that is wrong, attacks, pollutes, hates family structure, life, and that which creates life is family under God's guidance. So, uh, wow. I mean, there's some more idolatry for you. And that's what I could do is say, idolatry, anyone? All right, let's get a couple more, a few more here. Let's see, here's another one. All right. Um, only us Catholics could see it in Scripture. Mary's our mother and will pray for us. We have Mary as our lawyer in heaven. Wow. 
That's a heresy. Because the supreme judge will judge us one day, and I need someone to defend me. Wow. Our Lord Jesus is our intercessor, our advocate, and uh, he's the one. And this is just an example of more idolatry. Uh, wow, it's, it's really bad stuff. Jesus is, uh, someone wrote, no, Jesus is your lawyer. Uh, he is the only one who can get you into heaven. Read the Bible, not the Catholic book. Good response. All right, here's, I'm going to do another one. How about this one? This is it right here. Um, Mary is part of God. If Jesus is God, everything Jesus went through, his mother was on his side, hurting, going through it with him. God didn't minimize Mary. He found her special enough to specifically pick her to give birth to him and his son, all with the Holy Spirit as one. Wow. Uh, wow. And, um, yeah, wow. Okay, here's another one. I'm, gonna, I'm enjoying this. Yeah, I like heresy. All right, here's another one. Let's see, open this one up. And uh, these are some of the responses Catholics have made to some of the one-minute shorts I'm putting up about Catholicism. It doesn't matter if it is not in Scripture. It is part of tradition. You people take the Bible too seriously and too literally. Yeah, you know... What a shame to take God's inspired words seriously and then not find Catholic heresies in it. You know, what a shame. You know, we take the Bible too seriously. No, they're tradition. These are just I idolaters. I'm sorry. You know, it's sad, but they're idolaters. They are. And uh, the same guy wrote, uh, about 40% of Christianity is biblical. The rest is handed down by tradition. This preacher is very ignorant, talking about me. Uh, as are all who go scripture alone nowhere in the bible does it say alone um, we could talk about that sometime too here's another one let's see here's one more oh, i got two more i think i enjoy this stuff all right uh janine ustaris says atonement is everyone's assignment christ had given as example an example what the heck Though he is already complete, we must still do our part through the grace of God. That is why we can pray fast and alms for our personal intention and for the good of others like conversion, healing, etc. He said, take up your cross, take up your suffering. If Mary's spiritual entering to God's atonement is scandalous, even though it is through his grace, then how can we partake when God calls us to suffering? This is just, it just, this is what happens with the cult mind. It is. Roman Catholicism is bad. Okay, I'm just telling you, it, it is not Christian. I, I'm saying it again, and I'll always say it until it repents. The whole church repents of its idolatry, its works righteousness. It's not Christian, folks. If you believe official Roman Catholic theology and you die in it, you're going to hell. It teaches a false gospel. It promotes idolatry and magic and talisman and medals, medallions, scapulars that protect you from evil. It's just, this is occult stuff. Anyway, here's another one from uh, the series of, uh, of stuff. This video maker knows nothing about Catholicism. Really? I've only written about 150 articles <laughs> on Catholicism. I've researched that of Vatican, out of Catholic encyclopedias, the Catechism of the Catholic Church. So anyway... This video maker knows nothing about Catholicism, and Catholicism never teaches that Mary atoned for our sins, but she participated in the atonement 
of Jesus by giving birth to Jesus, and the author from whom he quotes is not the official teacher teaching the Catholic Church. Now, let me respond to that. Uh, the book, Fundamentals of Catholic Dogma by Ludwig Ott, has what's called the Neolobstadt and the Imprimatur. Now, those two stamps of approval mean that nothing in the book contradicts Catholic theology, and it means it's worth being taught to uh, to Catholics. And I think it has to be approved by a bishop. It's either a cardinal or a bishop. I think a bishop. And so uh, that's all I was saying in there, and this is what it says. You know, and that's it. That's what it says. You do what you want with it, you know. And this person goes on, and Luis G. Joy says, God selected this woman to bring forth the Savior, and without her, there is no incarnation and no God, man, and no Savior. So it's all about Mary. Mary's the one who made it possible. Yeah. So God is the one who chose. God is the one who elected and predestined. God is the one who worked it in Mary. God is the one who opened her heart and her womb and yet somehow it's all about mary the people who pray to mary are idolaters the people who pray to the saints are idolaters the people who give mary the glory and they praise her are idolaters they are idolaters let me go to isaiah 42 8 I am Yahweh, that is my name, and I will not give my glory to another, nor my praise to graven images. You know what a graven image is? It is something made by a person, a people, whatever, to use in worship, in adoration. It's not something God decreed, it's something that man has made. They make their statues of Mary, they kneel down before them, and they pray to Mary, and they ask her stuff. It's called idolatry not Christian hey folks there's the music we'll be right back after these messages if you want to give me a call 877-207-2276 be right back it's Matt Slick live taking your calls at 877-207-2276 here's Matt Slick Everybody, welcome back to the show. If you want to give me a call, all you got to do is dial 877-207-2276. I want to hear from you. Give me a call. You can also email me. All you got to do is just address your email to info at karm.org. Info at karm.org. And um, then just put in their radio question or radio comment. We'll check it out. All right. Yeah, we're talking about Ernie is... So I want to be able to do a link right and put the actual link URL and documentation of things that, that the Catholics have said or do responses to them. All right, let's get to Dave from North Carolina. Dave, welcome. You're on the air. Hi, Matt. I got a couple of questions. One okay. is I've been reading the Old Testament, and I noticed about seven times in the Old Testament there is mention of the 24th day of the month. And I wonder what is the significance of that day, and why is it mentioned so many times? I don't know. I wish I had a good answer for you, but I don't know what the significance is. But I would, I okay. would, what I would do is, each time it happened on the twenty fourth, is just to see what happens. Yeah, the twenty fourth of the month is mentioned seven times in the Old Testament. Really? And I can't find really? any holiday that corresponds with the twenty fourth of the month. Well, let's see, twenty fourth day. So, where did? Give me a verse. Give me an example. Uh, I don't have it with me. I got. I, I my notes aren't with me right now. 
Okay. Because I've occurred I'll, I'll let you sit on that. Yeah, there, yeah there's a second question I want to ask you. Sure. Is I believe in the Friday crucifixion of Jesus. There are okay. some Wednesday crucifixion people who think that's heresy. Am I a heretic for believing in the Friday no. afternoon crucifixion of Jesus? And why do those who uh, observe Wednesday believe it's a heresy? Well, they, people will call things heresy. They're not heresy. That's just it's just ignorance to say that about uh, what day uh, he he uh, was crucified on. And uh, um, I'm not even sure what day. Some people say Friday, and it, that's fine. I I made uh, I've done research which suggests Wednesday, uh, and another one suggests Thursday. Depends on how it's done. It's like, okay, well, no big deal. But if they call you heretics for that different view, it, it's just it's ridiculous. It is. Okay? It is. Okay. It's no big okay, deal. well, thank you very much for uh, pointing that out to me because it bothers sure. me that they consider me a heretic just because I uh, observed uh, Friday as Good Friday. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what you could do, and I'd recommend, is... Uh, is ask them to show you in Scripture why you're a heretic. And that's always awesome. It's always awesome. Well, they to find say out. that if you if you worship on Friday, I mean, if you observe Friday as Jesus' crucifixion, you are denying the only sign that He gave that He was the Messiah. That's heresy. They say. What? How, how is that? That He only gave one sign that He would be Messiah. Yeah, three, three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Yes, I'm, I'm aware of that. And um, but there's different. Way, uh, I've got an article on this, and so you could t- see I have a table on there, and you might want to take a look at it. Uh, on, let's see, let me do, find this. I did this a long time ago. Let's see, Carm, uh, on what on what day was Jesus crucified? All right. And uh, Friday, April 3rd, 33 AD. Uh, let's see, I'm looking for, there we go. Uh, that's the one hour I'm looking. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so there it is. It's uh, how long was Jesus dead in the tomb? Three days and three nights. Less than three days and three nights. And I have a, a chart there. The day, the Jewish day was measured from sundown to sundown. If Jesus was in the grave for 24 hours, 24 three 24-hour periods, then he could not have been raised on the third day because the third day had not yet been completed. He would have had to have been raised on the fourth day for three 24-hour periods to have been completed. And that wouldn't make sense then to say he was raised on the third day. So that's something you could bring out if, and I'm not saying you're right or wrong, it's like, there are just variations, okay? So if he was raised on Sunday, then that would mean then, if he's raised on Sunday morning, like at sunrise, that's part of, well, let's just say Sunday. But in Jewish uh, culture, the day begins and ends at sundown, not sun up. So right. sundown. But they also point out. Yeah. They also point out that in John twenty verse one, it was still dark when Mary came to the tomb. Yeah, so. It hadn't the sun hadn't risen yet. And uh, so it's no oh. big deal. That was Sunday. So that meant that it was Sunday because it it became Sunday the night before when the sun went down. 
So right. if it's three days and he was in Sunday, then he would have to have been the whole day of Sunday, but not necessarily. It wouldn't make any sense. So let's just say he was risen. Let's just, just for the sake of exercise, he was risen at sun up, which would kind of make sense at the rising of the sun, the light that comes, and then he's risen at that time. That would, that would make sense. Well, if it was three days and three nights, that would count as a day and a night from the Roman perspective, but also from the Jewish perspective, because it is day and night, but yet it's still the one day, three days and three nights. Then what you could do is just go backwards, and you'd have to have Saturday, uh, or the, well, before sundown on Saturday would have been Friday, excuse me, Sunday, I got to work it out. And uh, then that would have been on Thursday. And so some say Thursday was when he was crucified, and some say Wednesday, depending on how you count the days. Yeah. See, that's, that's all it is. Yeah, so go look at the article. Though. No, yeah, you're absolutely not a heretic. Not a- you're not a heretic for believing that, okay? And three days and three nights. And then you can ask him the question. If it's three days and three nights, he was raised on Sunday, then what part of Sunday was the full day, three days and nights? Ask him that. Okay? Okay. Thank you so right. much. And have, have him call me on the show. And have him call me on the show. All right? All right. That sounds good, buddy. All right. Let's get on with uh, Chris from Bellingham, Washington. Chris, welcome. You're on the day, on the day, on the air. You there? I, come on. I hit the button. I hit. Sorry, I'm on mute. Sorry about that. All right. There we go. Hi, Matt. No big deal. So what do you got? Um, question about the um, the seventh day and how the seventh day never quite ended in Genesis. Do we have yeah. scripture to back up that the day, the seventh day, we're still in the seventh day? Well, uh, yes and no. Yes, in the sense, well, there's no end of it, right? Okay. So in that sense, yes. Why is it? that the the day of rest has no end you got to think about what this means god rested on the seventh day why did god rest was he tired he had to wipe his brow and, and take a break well of course not he's exhaustive in his power and infinite in it so he doesn't need to rest the rest is for us so six days it took to create man was made on the sixth day so the uh, number six is the number of man and i'll get into something other stuff and i'll explain about this a little bit more okay so hold on because there's a break hey folks we'll be right back after these messages please stay tuned be right back Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. All right, everyone, welcome back to the show. If you want to give me a call, it's 877-207-2276. By the way, just want to let you know that we're having a matching funds drive. So for the month of December, anything that you donate to CARM will be doubled. If you donate 20, it'll become 40. And it's real easy to do. All you got to do? is go to carm.org forward slash donate. That's C-A-R-M dot O-R-G forward slash donate. And you can set it up. We would really appreciate it. 
and praise God. All right. Chris, are you still there? Yes, I am. All right. So I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll just teach a little bit about this this thing we're talking about here, about the seventh day still being around. So, like I said, there is this sense in which the seventh day is still there because it's not technically ended, which I think is interesting. And so it's a good note. What's also interesting is that it's called the framework hypothesis. And if you look at day one and day four, because it goes day, day one, two, three, and then four, five, six. So one, two, three, and then next to them, four, five, six. You'll see similarities. On day one, there's light. On day uh, four, there's uh, the sun. And uh, there's plants on day two. And I forgot what the, what the what the equivalent is on day five. I think it's land or something. I don't know. If it, no, it's, it's uh, something else. Vegetation. And so the thing is, they kind of parallel. And I don't have, off the top of my head, don't remember it all. But... What's interesting is that it was six days. Now, six is an interesting number. So, man was created on the sixth day, and so six is called the number of man. Now, in Hebrew and in Greek, when they write words, the words, the letters, are also numbers. In English, we have one, two, three, A, B, C, but in Greek, they only have one set of characters for both numbers and letters, and the same with Hebrew one set of characters for for numbers and letters. So when you write a word in those languages, you're also writing a set of numbers. Well, that's significant for a lot of reasons, and I won't get into too many of those things right now if I do at all. So the, the name of the Antichrist, whatever his name is in Greek, when you add up the letters is 666. Now, six is a number of man. And there's a Trinitarian kind of mockery in his name, the devil, false prophet, and the beast. So the pattern here is there. All right, now, incidentally, on the third day of creation, it says, uh, let's see, the third day, it says, um, uh, let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed, fruit, trees, etc. Now, in John 2, with the miracle at Cana, on the third day, there was a wedding. And that's when Jesus turned water into wine, which is vegetation, which is plants. On the third day, he did a creative work. On the third day of creation is when the, um, the vegetation w was developed. And there were six water pots, which are used for cleansing. And he changed the six water plots, pots, which rec represents the six days, he changed it into wine. And then they had it, and it was perfect, it was pure. It's just interesting trivia that's just there. You can do what you want with it. All right, so the reason, I believe, uh, that God rested, and it's so described without an ending, is because it represents redemption the eternal rest that we have in Christ that because of what he's done on the cross fulfilling the law perfectly first Peter 222 and bearing our sin in his body first Peter 224 well we don't have to keep the law because Christ did everything and we died with him Romans 6 6 Romans 6 8 Colossians 3 3 so because he did that we've died to the law Romans 7 4 we don't have to keep the law in order to be saved we rest in Christ. And Jesus says in Matthew eleven twenty eight, Come to me, who, all who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Furthermore, 
What's really interesting is the genealogy of, uh, of Genesis chapter 5, which is between Adam and Noah. Remember, the, the names in Hebrew are like American Indian names. Where is Running Bear? You know, he's with uh, Flying Eagle. That's the name. Well, in Greek, it's going to be in the Hebrew sense, it's the same thing. So Adam means man, the first man, okay? And Noah means rest. Methuselah means when he dies, it will come. So when you take the names of the genealogy in Genesis 5 and you put them into English, you get a sentence. It's appointed to man sorrow. The blessed God will come down. When he dies, it will come, bringing to the despairing hope or rest. That's what Noah means. And Noah went into the ark, and Jesus is our ark, because in him we're saved, and the ark had one door. Jesus is the door that Noah went into with eight people. And eight is a number of new beginnings, because Jesus was raised on the first day of the week, or the seven plus one, the eighth day. And a male was circumcised on the eighth day. And Jesus' name in Greek adds up to 888. So all of this is just kind of neat and cool. And um, so the seventh day, I believe, is a prophetic representation of the redemptive work of Christ, that we will have eternal rest. It will be without end. And that's what's going on there. Okay? Hey, hey, Matt. Yeah. One, one other thing, and I appreciate, I appreciate what you just went through. A friend and I were talking about young Earth, old Earth, and, and is there any significance to there not being any? Not being any what? I lost you. Are you there? Not hearing you, buddy. Any significance to not being any? Okay, I don't. Know. <laughs> I don't know what is did, question. Did I break up? Yeah, you did. Yeah, I, I lost you. You said, oh. "Is there any significance was, to not being was... any?" And that was all I heard any end to the there's that there's no end to the seventh day yeah based to the to the length of the days of creation in a young oh, earth old earth debate no I, I wouldn't go with that uh and i wouldn't i don't think it's be stretched that far um there are problems with evolution with dating methodology the geologists get wildly different dates uh you know potassium argon gives you something different than the stratigraphic uh um, dating system. There's all kinds of, so you of think, uh, differences. So you think it's a literal twenty? Do you think it's literal twenty-four hour day? I don't know. I don't know. Generally speaking, when the day with a cardinal number fourth, fifth, sixth day generally means in the Bible a twenty-four hour period. So we could easily make the case that it was. Now, it could be 24 hours if God wanted to do it, 24 seconds if you wanted to, or 24 kabillion years. Who knows? But generally speaking, it's understood to be 24-hour periods. Can God do that? Absolutely, he can. So, you know, I don't see any reason why it wouldn't be. And uh, I lean that way, but I'm not going to die on that hill. Okay? Okay, thanks, Matt. All right, you're welcome. Well, God bless. Okay. Well, that was Chris from Bellingham, Washington. Hope that was interesting, all that stuff that I was talking about there, kind of fun stuff. All right, let's get to Thomas from Greenville, Tennessee. Thomas, welcome. You are on the air. Hey there. Um, hey. Well, first of all, I'll say that you seem like a really interesting feller, and 
I bear witness on the numbers and the significance of the Hebrew numbers that you're talking about. Sounds completely spot on. Um, well, there's a lot there. There's more I could say, but more you know, it's fun stuff. Oh, yeah, okay. completely. Mm-hmm. And God yeah. is very consistent, and God is very meaningful with the numbers that he uses. Amen. Uh, so yeah. thank you for bringing that up. Sure. I heard on the program earlier you're talking about Catholic traditions and Mary being part of the redemption process. You're mm-hmm. only quoting from priests and cardinals and traditions. My question. Well, more to quote, but yeah. I believe uh-huh. it was Pope John Paul um, back in 2016 that made official Catholic doctrine from the Vatican II that Mary is co-redemptress, equal in oh, yeah. atonement with Jesus. Oh, really? That she bore his suffering with her, with him, while he was carrying the cross, and in communion with her suffering, we have redemption, and therefore. Jesus or Mary can both save equally apart from each other. And this is Pope John Paul back in 2016 before he died. I want to know if well, you have I'm, any opinion on that. Uh, I've got to see it first, uh, but I'm trying to find it because I didn't know that. Uh, uh, yeah, look up so if you could find it. Well, I know that they say that. I know that you know. I've got all kinds of stuff on Catholicism. Uh, they call um, her. It was within the last year before he died. It was an okay. official Vatican statement that came out after he died, about two well, years after it was made public. But it was one yeah. of his last statements he made before he died. Well, I found an article. And he was one Mary... of the last conservative folks. Yeah. Well, I read an article here. Mary was united to Jesus on the cross. So I'm going to look at that because you know they just—they're basically idolaters, and uh, the Catholic Church is full yeah. of idolatry. So hold on, man. We got a break, okay? We'll be right back after these messages, ladies and gentlemen. Please stay tuned. We'll be right back. Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. All right, everybody, welcome back to the church. <laughs> Man, I'm reading, I'm reading while I'm talking. Oh, I blew that one. Let's get back to Thomas. Hey, Thomas, you still there? Yes, sir. All right, I'm trying to find it. I'm trying to find it. And, uh, I've, you know, so I don't know. If you can find it and email it to me, I want to do a video on that. It's just another example of the idolatry that's so prevalent in the Roman Catholic Church. Okay, it's an idolatrous yeah, church. Yeah, mm-hmm. I will look into it. I remember specifically the context is when Jesus was, example, falling with the cross, and Bible says that she was there showing compassion um, and they had Simon take up the cross to help out Jesus. Mm-hmm. The the statement from the Pope is saying that in that moment, Mary was um, taking on some of the pain and suffering of Jesus and helping him through the process of the redemption, and that's what makes her co-redemptress. Right. And I'd be... I'm um, happy to get your email from your representative, just, dude. And yeah, it's easy. Just info, info at karm.org. Have you been to the website karm, C-A-R-M, dot O-R-G? Uh, not yet. 
Yeah, you should uh, you should go there. It's I've been working on it for twenty eight years, and uh, it's got one hundred and sixty million visitors to it. So check it out. There's a lot of documentation there, written uh, well over one hundred and forty articles on Roman Catholicism. So. I would love to have that documentation. I want to see it, and then I can comment on it, and I'll make a video out of it, write an article on it. Just another example of uh, Catholic idolatry. I want to do a series of shorts, video shorts. Catholic idolatry number you know, one, number two, number three, and just do a whole bunch because the Catholic Church is a false church. Okay? Thank you very much, and... Uh, Thank you for your honesty in the callers. Have a great evening. Merry Christmas. You too. Merry Christmas, brother. God bless. All right. That was Thomas. Let's get to Colleen from Salt Lake City, Utah. Colleen, welcome. You're on the air. Hi, Matt. How are you? I'm all right. Hang on. I I just wanted to congratulate you on bringing up the copy of Idolatrous Worshiping. In the Bible, I I listened to the Bible every night, and it said, Good. it said, don't make images or or worship anything that's a, in the air, above the earth, in the earth, or under the mm-hmm. earth. That's right. How about how do you feel about crosses? Um, are they, now are here's, they bad things to do? No, no. Let me okay. explain what's going on. And so, uh, let me find the verse. It says, that you would uh, bow, that -hmm. you would bow down before them. Because that's what's going on. Um, So you're not to make any graven images. Now, let me just explain. A graven image that you will make for yourself is something that is used in your worship and in your adoration. Uh So Mary, for example, mm-hmm. is they make graven images and they make statues of her. And you go into a Catholic church and the statues of Mary are all over. And they'll be up. She'll be up the front of the church, which I've seen in so many Catholic churches. And then people kneel down before the statue of Mary. They mm-hmm. look up to the statue, and they'll be praying to Mary, which is flat right. out blasphemous idolatry. Right. So that's I what it's agree. talking about. So in my I house, agree. we have a cross. And it's just a cross. Mm-hmm. We don't use it in worship. We don't bow down before it. We don't look at it. It's just a, a proclamation. I'm a Christian. That's all it is. And so there's a difference okay. there. All right. Okay. Thank you for clarifying that for me. Okay. I appreciate that. Okay. You have a good day. You too. Well, God bless. I I, I got it now. Okay. Bye bye. Okay. okay. Goodbye. You know, it's our tendency uh, to make idols. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we want to make something that is soothing to us, that comforts us, that we can grasp, that we can understand. The idea of God being so infinitely vast, who's existed eternally before the universe was created, whose holiness, if it were to shine upon us, would destroy us. It's so powerful. That someone like that, who is the creator of all things, who knows every atom's location in the entire universe, who can decree our our works, who can work through all events in the universe and in our lives simultaneously, knowing the thoughts and prayers of everybody. This is the God of Scripture. And it's hard to fathom Him. It's hard to understand Him. So you know what some people do? They make an image. And they'll bow down to an image of Mary, for example. 
Mary was a very blessed woman. She was. But she is not to be prayed to. And it's a tendency that people have to want to provide something for themselves, an image that they can produce. So that's what it says. Let me go here. Uh, let's see. Shall not make a... Yeah, here we go. Let me, in fact, I'm going to go in and uh, go to Genesis and find out where the first phrase, make for yourself... I think it's selves. There we go. You shall not make uh, you shall not make other gods besides me, gods of silver, gold, gods of gold. You shall not make for yourselves. And this is this is something that's really important. Uh, do not turn idols or make for yourselves molten gods. This is Leviticus says. Leviticus twenty six says, You shall not make yourselves idols, make for yourselves idols. Uh, you shall not set up for yourselves an image or a sacred pillar, nor shall you place a figured stone in your land to bow down to it, for I am the Lord your God. And uh, or bow down over it, uh, as as another rendition can say. Um God has made you and okay, let's see. So the phrase is interesting. So here's the thing: when God said, for example, make uh, you know the the serpent on the the pole and lift it up, people looked at looked on it. That's what God commanded. And then people looked to that thing later, and then they had to destroy it because they became idolatrous about that thing. So God says, don't make for yourself a, an image. That you use, that you bow down before, etc. Don't do that, and that's exactly what they do in the Roman Catholic Church. It is exactly what they do. You go to a Roman Catholic Church. I recommend if you've never been in one, go 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 on a Sunday. Just go on a Sunday. Maybe I'll do it this Sunday because I, I want to go, and maybe I'll just go to a Catholic service. I won't cause any problem. I'll just sit in the church and just listen to the idolatry. I, the, there's a church near me, and it's about 15 minutes away. And I've been in there before, and uh, you go in, and what you see is the Jesus on the cross, and then to the left, my left facing it, is a statue of Mary. And people go up to the front and kneel down before both of them praying. And to me, that is, why would you do that? Why would you pray to Mary? She can't hear millions of prayers simultaneously spoken and thought all over the world in different languages and comprehend them all it's insane it's idolatry they've turned her into a functioning goddess but that's our way isn't it that's our way to put something before god this is why you know in mormonism god's understandable he's an exalted man from another planet another world he has a goddess wife or in islam the trinity is not true because we can't comprehend the idea of one God and three persons that are simultaneous from eternity. I can't comprehend it, therefore it's false. I can't comprehend the eternity of God, therefore it's not true. This is idolatry. It's submitting God to human understanding. Jehovah's Witnesses deny that Jesus is God in flesh and also deny the Trinity. So many groups do this. And then what they do is they create for themselves false gods. The God that's not the God of Revelation, that's not the God of Scripture. They deny who Christ is, or they'll add works to what Christ has done in their idolatry. 
Idolatry is a horrible thing. We've got to be careful that we Protestants don't uh, fall into that as well. Just because we can point the finger at Catholicism, Eastern Orthodoxy, Mormonism, Jehovah's Witnesses, Islam, and say, hey, look at the idols they've produced, the false gods they've produced. Well, we can do that. But we as Protestants don't have a false god. But I will tell you this, that within some Protestant circles, they teach false gospel. They'll Sometimes they'll say, you know, in order to be saved, in order to have your sins forgiven, you have to make the decision for yourself because it's completely up to you and your wisdom. And once you're saved, you keep yourself right with God by your sincerity and your goodness. That's a heresy, but it's taught in a lot of churches. Yeah, you can lose your salvation. It de your de goodness, your salvation depends on how good you are, how faithful you are. So it doesn't depend on God's work. It depends on yours. This is a false doctrine. That doesn't mean you're automatically not saved because there are different levels of this kind of belief. But it's a form of idolatry because what it's doing is it's exchanging the truth of who God is and what he's accomplished and putting in place man-centered ideas, a humanistic philosophy. And humanism is alive and well in the Protestantism as well. Humanist philosophy says that man is the measure of truth, man is the measure of righteousness, man is the measure of morality. God would never do such and such. He would never elect someone for salvation and summon someone else to hell before they're ever born. He would never do that, even though I can show you scripture that says so. I can. Romans 9, 9 through 23, for example. We can go to different places. Go to Hebrews 16, 4. And so when I show people this, they're, they're dumbfounded. But they say, I reject what you say that means. Like, I just read it to you. Because people are so often ready to create in their own image, their own image, God who will serve what they think he ought to be, serves their sensibilities. We need to bow our knees, our hearts, our minds, to God. We need to believe in who He is, the Sovereign King, the Trinity, and He has done everything necessary for our salvation. He even grants that we have faith, Philippians 1.29, and He grants that that faith is in Jesus, John 6.29, and He grants that we come to Christ, John 6.65. He's the one who chose us from the beginning for salvation, 2 Thessalonians 2.13. He is the one who causes us to be born again, 1 Peter 1, 3. It's the work of God that we are saved. We can't take credit for it. But so many people do because they're humanists. But thank you, Lord, that you are so vast in your love and forgiveness, that you cast your net further than we do, that you have blessed so many and saved so many in spite of our, well, our false teachings sometimes, sometimes in big areas and sometimes in not big areas. I just thank the Lord God that he's so merciful. You need to trust in Christ and him alone, not Christ and your faithfulness and your baptism and your sacraments and anything. Salvation is found in Jesus Christ and him alone. Amen and amen. All right, so it's uh, Wednesday. Excuse me, it's Wednesday. It's Friday, December 15th, and uh, we'll be out for the weekend. I'll be back on the air, Lord willing, on Monday. Just want to remind you that we are having a matching funds drive for the month of December. Whatever you donate to CARM Ministry will be doubled. Please consider supporting us. Just go to CARM.org, C-A-R-M dot O-R-G, forward slash donate. You can set it up. It's real easy to do. It's very helpful. We do need it. And uh, may the Lord bless you. And I hope you have a great weekend, everybody. 
And by His grace, we'll be back on the air next week on Monday. And we'll talk to you then. See you, bye. Another program powered by the Truth Network.